0: July is disabled pride month and as such we would like to take a moment to say something to our listeners about this important subject. Marginalized groups have not always had an easy time with the L5R fandom and disabled people are no exception. The focus on usefulness and productivity that we face in the real world often permeates into the games we use as a form of escapism or art. And there we find that our humanity is discussed, dispassionable in all sorts of platforms, as if we are a theoretical concept, if our personhood is in question. We hope you hear this message and use it as an opportunity to reflect on how you can help to improve the fandom for its disabled community and how you can support disabled people in your wider lives as well. It is important that we continue to show support for the Black Lives Matter movement. ...which still fights for justice and against state violence, namely the racialized sort. We hope you stay safe while you continue the fight and ask that you keep donating to bail funds if you are able. If you have the privilege of time and wealth, look at the ways you can dismantle white supremacy in your community... And consider how racialization manifests in your society, as well as finding ways to support those who need it the most in these difficult times. None of us can be free, as long as white supremacy and other racialized systems of injustice stand. Our hearts go out to you, and we hope to see you all in a better tomorrow.
1: Hi, I'm Brad. I'll be playing Bayushi Minoru of the Bayushi Death Dealer
2: School.
3: My name is Charlie, and I'll be playing our illusionist, Soshi Izume.
2: I'm Evan Strait, and I'll be playing Sakai no Doji Ikkyo, a member of the Doji Bureaucrat School.
4: My name is Sam, and I'll be playing Asahina Hajime, a member of the Geekito Duelist School.
0: I'm Lutu and I'll be playing the Emerald Lands, as well as Alex's Wonders and Orochs. So, as we zoom in into Minoru's new quarters, what do we see? Uh, Minoru is wearing
1: his mask of a snarling Oni's face. Um, he is carefully organizing the things on his desk. Um, he's got his symbol of the Emerald Magistrate in the left corner. Um, everything else, everything has a place. It helps him keep his mind clear. And he's probably looking through paperwork, just, okay, where's that? Where's that?
0: So as he keeps going through the paperwork uh, already uh, a terrifying amount for just few days in DT your eyes linger to the to the symbol of your office and you find your mind w- wondering what thoughts cross Minoru's mind as they look at that and recognize that as he's. Uh, Minoru thinks
1: of the challenge ahead. He's sure he's up to it. He's sure that all of the time as Yuriki under Shogo and working with the other Yuriki has prepared him for this. But when he looks at it, he starts thinking of... He looks at that, then kind of drifts over the mountain of paperwork, then back at it and thinks that this is going to be a bit of a task.
0: You know that in a few hours you have, um, you have a meetings with the, the governor, their staff, and uh, your local authorities' counterpart. What do you do to get ready to this first of many weekly tense encounters? Uh, Minoru puts
1: on, he makes sure he has on his nicest clothing. He keeps the snarling Oni mask on. He wants to project fierceness for this sort of a meeting. Um, He's heard too often of several Magistrates who've been kind of Gently bullied by their, by the local daimyos. Um, he picks up and makes sure to take his seal of the Emerald Magistrate. And probably assembles the rest of the Yuriki. He knows that each of them brings an expertise on legalism that he does not.
0: So as you slide your door open... Uh, getting ready to gather your people you find yourself observed and you look across the courtyard and you see your local counterpart looking at you. She is staring you with piercing green eyes. you don't realize for a moment if uh, she's judging you or if She is somehow looking past you, but she is standing in front of the office and she is just following every move of yours. And you are not aware how long she has been there. Uh, That is Seponishima. She is supposed to be the magistrate of this uh, magistrate station. And it is an awkward situation in which you and your uh, assistants—you are both on the right to seize some space within this uh, uh, this station, but also you are kind of her guests. And she is on the young side; she cannot be that much older than you. Uh, and she seems to be someone that so far. Tolerates no funny business. Uh, the basically the last interaction that you had, they they just acknowledged your needs and requests and emptied the space for you. You also know that uh, they probably have not been on the job longer than you have. That they too have been assigned as local magistrate to replace the previous. Went from the Moth clan.
1: I'm going to look back, give a bit of a nod. Um, I'll actually cross the space to be close enough to speak to them. I'll greet them properly and politely. And um, Ishma, perhaps you interested in um, traveling with me and my Yuriki, to this meeting. I mean, we are both going to the same place.
0: She seems to hesitate for a moment uh, as I've conflicted about something uh, and somehow manages to keep the same stoic expression. I'm afraid that will not be appropriate, Emerald Magistrate. I don't want to give the impression that... uh, we are blurring the lines between our respective jurisdiction, at least, especially this early in the beginning of our careers. I think some distance will be only expected and appropriate.
1: Well then, I look forward to seeing you there. Have a nice day. Minoru is going to bow and... Step back.
0: Yeah, she bows deeply at you, uh, but you get the, the, the notion that immediately, as soon as you start to move away, she resumes her study of you. I'm going to walk
1: away, not going to draw attention to it, just going to go about my business as though... They weren't looking at me at all.
0: Being under such scrutiny, what does it remind you of? It reminds
1: Minoru of actually being back at the dojo. How intense the other students watched each other and looked to see what kind of mistakes they could make. Um, He doesn't like having to focus on that but it's not unfamiliar to him being under a magnifying glass
0: so we get to another person on another time so doji you found yourself in the possession of two two chests filled to the brim with ears and ears about local legal settlements, codes, and so on and so on that could keep you entertained for months, maybe years. But you also had a mission even to you. Of course, it only became recently possible to send those precious, precious documents to the castle of the Emerald Champion, to the attention of Doji Satsume. During those critical weeks in which you were alone with these chests, what did you do
2: Iko first took the time to analyze if any of the records carried seals or markings designated as something of higher status that he should not interact with and he set aside to be locked in a specific chest that he would not observe then he took his time with his expertise in law, his familiarity with documents and coding systems, to spend as much time as possible briefly going over individual cases and accounts and itemizing and categorizing them in such a way that the information would be readily available for when the chests were open for Doji Sasame in a manner that would be most efficient and organized to work through.
0: So... It becomes quite apparent to Dojiku that uh, he can find a justification to um, to pretty much consult any of these documents. There are few ones that uh, will be obviously something that uh, uh, he could not pry into something that seems to be private correspondence between the daimyo of the Mod Clan and the Emerald Champion. Not much. Basically, two letters, uh, and what you assume to be the transcript of a third one. Those you neatly put as off-limits, but all the contents of the chest, they are open to you. And the question here is, you realize that there is a lot to... And not only the volume, but also there's a lot of local dialect and short and idioms that uh, you are not accustomed to, especially anything that is related to the mod clan. Uh, It's really frustrating. And you wish that you had uh, a survivor of that clan to help you with this. So your biggest uh, challenge here is time. Uh, basically, how much can you learn from these documents until the time comes that you have no excuse to send it to Doge And of course, you could improve your odds by sharing the workload and the knowledge about the contents of these chests with someone else the question is, who will you trust with this? So what is your approach to tackling this task?
2: After ICO took the time of establishing the amount, the absolute depth of information that was sitting in front of him, he stopped his categorizing, took a moment to relax and refresh himself with drafting up some new. Codes or documents for the organization of Hirosaka as a way to relieve his frustration with the project and then set out to find Soshi Yuzumi.
0: So, you told Soshi Yuzumi about the contents of the chest?
2: Yes, Aiko respects her knowledge of the law, her position and authority on such matters a great deal, and both. Asahina and Bayushi had been very busy and working on overseeing the labor and the reconstruction of the city. So Aiko approached her as the most logical person to assist him with the task.
0: So you did that during winter or you did during the first weeks uh, of spring already on, on Irosaka or on your way to Irosaka?
2: Uh, he did it as as soon as he could. So once, Aiko, of course, assisted as needed with the reconstruction of Irosaka, but spent as much time as he could or itemizing and reviewing the documents, and not a moment was wasted.
0: So, Shoshi you how are you dealing with... Uh the revelations about which clan has benefited from the Emperor's Blessing this year. How do you feel about the choice from the Imperial Court? How does Izumi feel that the scorpion are getting their uh, much-deserved support?
3: She's very, very happy because um, losing losing, uh, Ryoko Owari means losing... Um, like a huge economic hub it means losing opium Um, it's you know it's where other clans go Uh, just to say they've been to Ryoko Owari so it's a great place to get information Um, and so she's she's very happy that it means business as usual eventually for the scorpion
0: so, uh, Doji Eiko, you approach, uh, you approach Shosu Yuzumi and uh, you recruit her support in uh, figuring out the contents of the chest. So, how did the two of you work together on this, if at all?
2: I believe Eiko approached Izumi one day as she was. Uh, working on something within the structure of a building, and says, um, Yizume-san, do you remember the chests of documents entrusted to me by Shogo-sama?
3: I don't uh, forget much about that night, actually, uh, Doji-san. So, uh, what do you need?
2: I think behind Aiko's applied makeup and beauty regimen, you can see there's bags under his eyes. As he continues, I have been spending the past several nights attempting to organize the documents in case damage should occur to them or they should be lost in the transit. The task is beyond my individual talents, and I would be humbled if you would be able to assist me in this.
3: Well, of course you would be. Your, your organization systems have always been terrible. I can't believe you spent days on it without coming to me sooner. Show me where they are.
2: And I go, takes her, and I don't think he hides anything from her. He shows her. No, he, he intentionally shows her the three set aside letters that aren't to be touched and makes sure she knows where they are, and then shows her the beginnings of the organizational system and what needs to be reviewed. Okay, so one
0: thing that uh, jumps to your uh, to your attention as you go to these documents is really the strange behavior and political stance that prepares all the idioms of the mod Clan. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever you see uh, some letters or complaints or uh, small uh, small journal pieces from the Kaikota family members, they always seem to refer to institutions of the empire by another name. And it becomes really confusing uh, uh, to distinguish that. Uh, It's even more worrisome when you see terminology that they clearly got from their interaction with spirits from the realm of dreams, that they also used to separate when they are talking about this realm or other realm, it becomes very confusing, but you start to get a grasp and you realize that they talk about things like uh, shackled communities, unliberated communities, uh, exploitative practices, uh, and so on, and so on. And uh, there's a lot of letter to protests against the actions of uh, of the great clans. And it becomes quite difficult to see what exactly they are talking about as you go to the other reports. But you slowly start to pierce together that um, uh, despite their... Uh, Exoteric vernacular or their odd uh, stands for a Samurai family, the mod clan are not being conspirational. There is seems to be an orchestrated effort from Great Clans against Tirasaka. And when one means great clans, one means great clans. Pretty much every single clan, other than the Phoenix and the Dragon, has been involved in one way or another in trying to escalate their control on the region and the River of Gold while undermining uh, the authority that uh, uh, the Mod clan and other minor clans have over their own holdings. Uh, and it has been. Uh, pretty obscene. one called argue and in fact many of the members of the Kaikuka family uh, argue so as they try to levy, uh, levy the case and try to get an emerald magistrate to the city that uh, this violates the at least the intention if not this if not the actual law, uh, protecting uh, uh, minor clans from aggression from the uh, from the greater clans. In fact, it's pretty obvious that five great clans are engaged in what can only be described as economic warfare, and the degree of escalation that they are to undermining the mod clan and to preventing their basic. Service as lords to take care of their vessels from every caste has been seriously compromised by external actions. Uh, and something that hits you is this looks pretty bad for every great clan involved. It looks bad for the crab. It looks bad for the unicorn. It looks bad for the scorpion. It looks bad for the lion. It looks awful for the crane. Because it spits on the image that the crane have sold as the great unifiers, uh, as the voice of the underrepresented clans on in the imperial court. But... There's no way around it. These documents prove that uh, the Crane, especially since the last three years, they have been absurdly aggressive on their way to push uh, to push for control of the economy of the River of the Gold, to push for control in all but name of Irasaka. And they basically made the entire region dependent on them to even fulfill their tax payments because anything that the Moth clans were to do to make their proper due for the emperor to keep the protection of the sign of heaven, they would have to go through the crane pads. They would have to acquire uh, basic staple food from... Storage and shops operated by merchants that had the patronage of the Crane Clan. The you come to the realization that the fire might be might have killed the Mod Clan, but uh, Ten Hands have been strangling them for years now.
2: Would there be a way? Before I go to fully, to at least in, internally, even if he can't write it down, get a picture of what primary primarily aggressive actions each of the clans have taken in the past couple of years to get like an economic battle map picture of the battlefield that is the river of gold. Uh, so,
0: you put things in context. Uh, and you think, well, you know from the records that there's a lot of opium uh, production and selling uh, that is authorized for the moth clan during their service as well as other uh, other controlled substances. Uh, and you know that uh, it makes sense that the scorpion are pressuring in limiting their production so that they can never become uh, uh, rivals and can only export lo- uh, can only produce to local use uh, you see that uh, the lion has pretty much been uh, trying to uh, shut down investment on the river of gold from the impor- uh, from the imperial funds uh, they see this as a dead hand that is not worth the trouble. And they always mention that uh, the place can only be controlled by force. And the moment uh, at Imperial attention goes somewhere else, it becomes uh, immediately a haven of piracy. So it's not worth the investment for the whole of the empire. Instead, uh, other venues and passes should be the focus. Uh, And this actually hurts a lot because uh, a lot of business that would like to do uh, dealings with the lion clan choose them to move away. Uh, You notice that the crab, they have Mm -hmm. been trying to get uh, a river port for a while uh, and they have been kind of trying to do that uh, nearby, uh, but they always uh, faced complaints from the train uh, that, uh, you know, for someone that complains so much about resources being stretched on the wall, this kind of initiative uh, context, yeah, contradicts their claim. You know, if you have so many, uh, if you are so starved by forces, if you need to import so much wood, why are you spending wood on boats to make to make a claim for the river of uh, gold and to get uh, a port uh, further inland? Uh, so you will you can see that what you find they will probably try to get as much influence on Osaka so that they actually get their port without, without giving yeah, without building it, and also, you know, something that they called easily defend in court. And uh, lastly, uh, the crane, uh, you think basically that most of it was poorly uh, militaristic, uh, you you could see, if you only presented the data, uh, the other data, that uh, they are just meeting the escalation from the other clans and they are trying to protect themselves from uh, uh, from uh, an economic collapse that would give the, the crab or uh, scorpion an excuse to flow in. Uh, but... Uh, the behavior in the last three years, it's more obvious that they want to get full control of the food production of the region because this is a fertile region that because it's far away from any of the road infrastructure and the riverways are not something you can rely on. uh, After the tsunami, it became very important for the crane to get a solid control of something that you call realistic, move to their lands uh, a, f- a few days of ox cart, so it will not get prohibitively expensive in muscle power and food, uh, so that they can export the the production that is closer to the coast, and that they can actually get in anywhere on the empire at easy cost. So to maintain the status economically of that, uh, of the clan, uh, basically this region will have to become where the f- people of the clan actually
2: get their meals from. Okay, and then are the unicorn also contesting this spot?
0: Yeah, but the unicorn, you don't get a good feel about that because a lot of it is caravans. And they tend to move a lot, so you are not, they are not as easy to predict. But you can see that they are, again, treating it as one of their main trade posts. Okay.
2: Beautiful. Ico will take the knowledge and categorize it and itemize it for future reference in case it comes up as important.
0: Uh, And Yuzumi, what is your reaction to this information that the two of you discover?
2: I think
3: she's a bit amused that, you know, all the other clans bar two are just being everything that her own sort of tends to get accused of. So this is kind of this is kind of funny to her on some level. Um, but on another, uh, she she can kind of see that if all of these five groups continue to clash over Hirasaka, no one's going to benefit from Hirasaka. So she's sort of thinking, well, you know, what what kind of resources do I have to make sure that the scorpion benefit? Um, So she's thinking about the local opium. um, And, uh, you know, if there's anything that she can do with uh, local contacts, like she knows um, uh, one of the E-Day caravan patrons, uh, you know, if there's anything she can do to sort of, you know, nudge her in another direction um but yeah this is all very interesting and uh it's making her wonder which one of them was behind what happened to the moth because that wasn't normal fire
0: so the time has come to make a decision Uh, you have uh, to send this to the Emerald Champion. And are you going to do something about what is, without a doubt, an embarrassment to the crane? Are you willing to risk your honor to enter the Coal zone?
2: Ico has spent the last six years putting his all into out-doing, out-planning, out-thinking the other members of the Imperial bureaucracy around him to constantly move up, to push himself forward, and to rise above his station. And he looks over the documents, takes his time weighing the options, and... decides to put his his investment and his honor on the line for the Emerald Magistrates. He is operating as an Emerald Eureki here. This is his duty that he must hold himself to. If Aiko can compromise his values over something so small then there's no use having those values at all, and he's nothing but a hypocrite. But additionally, Iiko is calculating in the back of his head that the cranes still have the best spin team out of anybody in the Empire. And if anyone's gonna spin the revelation that all the clans are being all the clans are are fighting over Hi- Hirosaka and the River of Gold, the only clan that's able to pull it off will be the Crane. And with that in mind, I believe Aiko, at some point after he atomizes the the scrolls, takes the time to write a letter summarizing that the crane operations and economic pressure towards Hirosaka will be coming to light soon, and sends that as a separate letter in the crane cipher to a, a crane courtier or contact that he has to hopefully prep his clan at the same time.
0: So are you sending these directly to Doji Otaru, or are you sending it for your mother first?
2: The, so Aiko thinks about it and the benefit of sending it to his mother outside of it being technically correct is that it would provide his mother the chance to boost the family status a little bit as being the ones who uncover the information, but. Eiko does not believe that small of a boost to his family's reputation will be enough to repair the damages done by the tsunami, and it is of higher importance that he get the information to Hataru as soon as possible.
0: We could back from... This examination of the letters. And we see another crane. We see Asahina Hajime. So, Hajime, as we look at you, how did you end up with the task of recovering the swords of Kitsu Shogo and returning them to his family?
4: Um, I think that... Um... I feel like, honestly, like, you know, he he might have volunteered um, specifically for that task because he probably um, uh, kind of in that last scene where we saw Shogo, um, it was definitely incredibly emotional for Hajime and he was able to kind of hold it together. But um, he's I mean, he's he's pretty deeply upset and he's excited about you know the fact that Minoru is the new emerald magistrate because he likes Minoru and respects him but um I think it bothered him a whole lot that uh Shogo's no longer with them um so he kind of jumped at the opportunity to try and um you know kind of show this last moment of respect to him
0: so as we zoom on you where have you decided is the most likely place where you will find the swords? And how are you going around looking for them?
4: Um, so I mean I think I'm assuming that like, you know, this is this is an unstable like sort of pile of wreckage at this point. So he's definitely being um I think a little more cautious than is characteristic to him. And um He definitely sort of started at the last place they saw Shogo and retraced his steps from there. But I think after that, he tried to sort of start narrowing it down by, like, likely locations. Um, So I know that he was trying to get to the samurai uh, quarters um, first. And so I think he tries to take whatever would have been the most accessible route uh, through... uh, what would have at the time been um I mean been a been a burning building. Um so I think he's trying to think of like, okay, what would have been the ways that Shogo would have actually been able to move through this burning building and trying to kind of go that route and starting there. And if he doesn't find it that way, I think his plan is just to uh just kind of comb through it. I mean as much as like I mean he will like he will take the time. Um so if he doesn't find it sort of that first Like, just by following the way that he thinks it probably would have gone, he will start, you know, like, honestly, like, kind of trying to go room to room as much as he can.
0: Yeah, the entire keep is a wreck. And honestly, the rest of the governor's state, not much better. Uh, Any corpses that uh, were recovered from the ruins, as well as there possessions, they have been handling weeks ago, but you went to the Untouchable commune you saw the swords that they had recovered, none of those were from, from Shogo. So they should be somewhere here, some part of the ruins that, uh, that nobody was able to get to. So you're actually going to get well, dirty. There's no other way to put it. You're gonna you're gonna have have to move stuff around. You're gonna have to climb some dangerous places. You, it's gonna be quite frenetical your search. So, what is your approach to it?
4: Um. So I think it's probably. The, I think there's definitely a moment where. Ajime realizes, like, oh man, I'm gonna have to, like, I'm actually going to have to sully my beautiful robes and my hair and everything. So he kind of, like, sighs heavily and, um, sort of, like, uh, takes his, I would say, uh, incredibly ornate hairstyle and sort of just, like, bundles it all up into a top knot and everything. Um, irritated about that, probably. Um, but I think he's going to try and, Um, I think first identify what area probably would not have been accessible, um, and, uh, sort of try to, I guess, like assess just sort of the initial risk of trying to get into that and then he's going to, uh, give it a shot. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't think he is, I I think he's trying to be cautious, but I, I think he's just going for sort of the first, uh spot that seems like it wouldn't have been uh probably as easily identified
0: as you go around you detect uh what seems to be uh one of the tunnels that connect the servant quarters to the castle that it seems to have endured enough that sheltered uh what's what is probably uh, a ladder and it's you find a place that there was probably space for someone to hide uh, and you don't find any remains, but uh, you are able to scrunch from the ruins, from underneath these crumbled ladders. You manage to recover a precious token from the Kaikoka family. What is it?
4: Yeah. In keeping with that, I think it's probably like a small, like, like a, like a talisman or something, um, that is maybe inscribed with, uh, some, uh, like some characters that, um, are essentially a, uh, it's like a protective talisman, I think. Um, that's probably, um, I think the thing that makes it it precious is not like what it's made of. It's that it is, uh, like old, um and has probably been passed down uh quite a bit so um it's kind of been uh just sort of performing this function for i would say at this point uh quite a few generations um to kind of protect from uh the aforementioned dream spirits
0: so you grab this talisman and you inspect it you look for any clues about its purpose or who it might belong to. And you vibe with the person that was wearing this talisman. And you get this feeling that they left it here for someone else during the process. Either for someone else that was still stuck on the town or for someone else that they got lost from when the fire started. And what is the one thing that you get an impression about this person as they laid these talisman under the stairs?
4: I'm trying to think of the the correct way to state. It. Like it, it it feels it feels almost parental um like they are um trying to uh like it's intended for for someone that they that is their their child, someone they care about very much um but they aren't able to protect right now so they're kind of just hoping that this makes it to that child um just because they are uh I think in, I think in this moment they probably know that they're about to die. <laughs>
0: You feel a shiver down your spine and you, well, you are an Asahina. You know when someone is calling the favors of the air spirits around you. And you get the feeling that you are being observed by someone using the air spirits.
4: Um, I think we definitely see him just for a moment, sort of like uh, his... um you, like, I think if we were looking at him as an observer, we would kind of see his shoulders like kind of tighten and raise a little bit and he sort of like looks around. Um, but I think even as he looks around, he knows that he's probably not going to. Uh, he's probably not going to see anything um, from the air spirits, but uh, he's uh, definitely, I think, um, a little nervous, but it like it's still... In his head like i still i have to do this i do this um so um i don't think he is necessarily dissuaded but he's um just looking for literally any sign of what might be uh sort of observing him or what might be influencing the air commie to observe him
0: as you turn around you see someone Walking at a speedy pace towards you, and you can see their scarlet and uh, and golden uh, clothes. That seems to be a member of the Phoenix Clan, and he seems to be another another samurai your age. Even if uh, he has already an impressive mustache, he ha- holds one hand over. His words, as he narrows his eyes, and Jesus says, "What you hold there does not belong to your clan, Azahina-sama." Uh,
4: am I able to tell um, a family like based on his uh, based on his kimono? Is uh,
0: there a on that? Is he? Yeah, he's a shiba. Um,
4: I uh, I think. Just trying to be respectful. I am a crane. I still bow, um, just a little, like not like enough that I don't fully like take my eyes off him. And I say, Shiba-san, I don't believe it would belong to your an either, uh, being that these are the ruins of the uh, the moth clan. I I don't think that this is anything of yours.
0: My word will beg to disagree. Hi. Must politely ask you to deliver that to my care.
4: Might I inquire as to who your ward is?
0: I have the privilege of being the ward of the most august ambassador of the Phoenix Clan and the Elemental Council, Izawa Nobuo you wonder how much that person is actually an ambassador because someone of actual importance, you will probably be notified as Emerald magistrate or uh, you will have learned on another situation. They for sure are not prestigious enough to be invited to q then Mia. and well, even if they are the ambassadors of the Phoenix, You don't, you cannot even imagine why will they be laying claim to a talisman of the mod Clan. So, yeah, uh, this does not seem to be making much sense. This Shiva is not making any sense.
4: I think it would be uh, most proper for me to uh, first report finding to my Emerald Magistrate and take direction from him. If you would like to accompany me to meet him, I would be happy to escort you there.
0: The Shiba seems to relax, moves his hand from close to his sword, and he bows. There's no need. I'll visit you at the magistrate station at a later date with my word. My inquire on your name, Asahina? Uh,
4: my name is Asahina Hajime, and yours?
0: My name is Chiba Kazuki. Pleasure to meet you.
4: And you. Um, I I I bow um, with some uh, with more respect than I did before, but uh, I still don't think I'm entirely taking my eyes off him.
1: Brad can be found on Discord at BZAJ. 1648 and at Twitter at B-Z-A-J-D-A Barbarian
3: Charlie can be found on Discord as Risa Lian and on Twitter at BowserJ where you can find links to her L5R
4: blog
2: Evan can be found on Facebook as Evan EvanStrite or Discord as PushyMushy1871 and I'm a part of another actual play for L5R called Secondhand Strife. you can check us out anywhere podcasts are distributed
4: Sam can be found on Discord and Reddit as Live From My Basement and on Instagram as SJSedlacek.
0: Ludo can be found at Deletiel on Twitter and their design work can be found at Populesque Ludum Syndicate on DriveThruRPG and ItchU. This is a Court's Game podcast. You can find more about them at CourtGameSpot on Twitter or at their site CourtGameSpot.com. Legends of the Five Ring is the intellectual property currently owned by Fantasy Flight Games.